Well, praise the Lord. Once again, Pastor Jerry coming to you. Praise God. Wherever you're at, however you're listening, praise the Lord. Uh, just like we say every week, man, we're just grateful. We're grateful that you're connecting with us and uh, hearing the Word of God as we uh, have the privilege of bringing it to your, uh, your home, wherever you're at. Praise God. Again, um, uh, we're uh, hoping to hear from you. you know, let us know what's going on. Let us know if, uh, some testimonies or prayer requests or things that we can do for you. Uh, we just love to hear from you. So anyway, we're going to dive back into the Word. It's kind of a midweek service. So uh, we're going to go with 1 Corinthians chapter 10 once again. And of course, we've been talking about our patriarchs of faith and just kind of gleaning things off, out of their lives. So chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians, and we're going to go to verse 11. It says, now all these things happen to them as examples, amen, types, shadows, things that happen there. And they were written for our admonition or instruction or teaching, praise God, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. In other words, you can, these are truths and things we can learn from here on out, praise God. It's just lessons to learn. Good, bad, or ugly, praise God. And of course, in context, talking about the children of Israel, and uh, you know they, uh, uh, you know, they didn't necessarily have a good testimony, praise God, because of some of the murmuring, griping, and complaining. And as a result of it, they wandered in a wilderness for forty years. And uh, so that's what he's saying. We want to learn from these examples because I don't want you roaming in some wilderness for 40 years, and I definitely don't want to roam in some wilderness for 40 years, praise God. And, uh, you know, it's uh, like uh, Winston Churchill uh, made a statement. He says, uh, if you're going through hell, keep going. In other words, get through it. Don't just, you know, make camp in the middle of it, praise God. And to me, the reason that kind of speaks because I, sometimes I feel like the children of Israel uh, you know, had their backs against the wall on a few things, and they were under pressure in some things. And so as a result of it, uh, instead of uh, doing things that would, uh, you know, that would move them forward and get them out of there, they, you know, they murmured, griped, and complained, and did a bunch of other things that all it did was got them in fur further in trouble. And as a result of it, that first generation never got to go in the promised land. Well, anyway, enough said. Let's uh, let's uh, jump into uh, who we have for you today. We're going to talk about Sarah today. I think, as I looked at my notes, I think this, she's actually the first uh, patriarch of faith, a female patriarch of faith. Uh, that we've really stopped to, to look at. And uh, so we're going to go to Hebrews 11, which is always kind of a popular spot when we're talking about our patriarchs of faith. Amen. So Hebrews 11, please. And, uh, and I believe it's verse 11. Let me get there. Hebrews 11 and verse 11. Yes, yep, that's right. All right. And it says this, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. So let me read it again. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength, I love that, to receive or to conceive seed and she bore a child when she was past the age. It said here, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Amen. Uh, kind of a cool statement. What I want to do here, um, we're going to go into Genesis, read a couple texts in there about Sarah, about this whole deal. And then we're going to come back to Hebrews 11. And then that verse is going to make a lot more sense. Okay. So Genesis, let's go to chapter 18. Read some things in here. 
Genesis 18. All right. Um, now, what we got in context, um, the Lord basically is um, visiting um, Abraham and Sarah. And, uh, and I think just for sake of time, Verse 9, let's do that. So chapter 18, verse 9 of Genesis, and it says this, Then they said to him, uh, talking about uh, those that were with uh, uh, Abraham here, and of course, one being the Lord, right? And he said, I will certainly, uh, pardon me, uh, where, pardon me, verse 9 again. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And so he said here in the tent, and he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life, and behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Okay, remember the promised child. It's been promised for years, but due to different circumstances, right? Uh, you know, this is where the good, the bad, and the ugly all come in, right? Because uh, due to some uh, decisions, okay, it didn't pan out at first the way it was supposed to, due to some choices that Abraham made and Sarah, okay? And, uh, of course, by this time, we've already... Uh, got, uh, you know, Abraham had the relationship with with Hagar and had an Ishmael, the son Ishmael, and of course uh, became a lot of problems. And really, from we're still to some degree dealing with some of that um, as a result of it. But but the point was is that God had promised a son, okay, to both Abraham and Sarah, okay, so. Verse 10 again, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life, and behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, okay, which was behind him. In other words, she was just right there, kind of standing behind him. She overheard all this conversation, and it said, um, Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age, okay, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Now, it's just talking about, you know, um, really the point of bringing this out is we're going to see something with Sarah, and and all this is trying to do is kind of give you, um, in a sense, the reason uh, for Sarah's response. Okay, now at this time, in fact, you back up a chapter, and it says in there that Abraham was almost 100 years old, and Sarah was almost 90 years old, okay? So um, we're talking about, you know, in... Know, for you and me, uh, you know, we're we're thinking that's kind of getting up there in years. You've lived a full life, you know. But uh uh here, you know, Sarah, uh, you know, 90 years old, okay, and she's hearing what is being said to him about her bearing a son. And the word says this in verse 12. Now Sarah laughed within herself, okay? She laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old. Shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? Now, remember, she said this inside. It says this was within herself. She said this, okay? And the Lord said to Abram, why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Well, we all know the answer to that, but he's trying to bring it up. Is there anything too hard? Okay? And... Uh, pardon me, at the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But the word said in verse 15 that Sarah denied it, okay, uh, saying, I did not laugh, 
for she was afraid, right, or embarrassed. You know, she got busted here. But in all honesty, the word says that she laughed within. She kind of, this is what she, she said within, okay? Now listen, uh, but, but he said to her, no, but you did laugh, okay? So in other words, he called her on the carpet, okay, about where she was at. Now she denies it because she's embarrassed, but he calls her and says, no, you did. Now there's a reason for all that. If you back up here now in verse 12, it says that Sarah laughed within herself. Now this word laugh, okay, means uh, to laugh, to make sport scorn or to mock. Okay. So in other words, it was kind of a sarcastic thing when she heard, okay, that she was going to bear a son, even though she knew, listen, I'm, I'm 90 years old. All right. Now, okay. Maybe something happened for Abraham, but I'm 90 years old, way past the uh, age of bearing children. And, you know, and that's what she, she laughed within, right. And, and said, you know, uh, after I've grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also. Now, listen, I, she laughed within. Now, so I looked it up, and uh, the word within means the nearest part or center, or it's defined in other places as the inward part or inward thought. Uh, Psalms 103 brings it out. All, all that is within me. That's, that's the same word here, Hebrew word, for this word within herself. So we know then that this whole kind of moment of this sarcastic laugh and statement was really a statement coming out of really a sense of unbelief or I can't believe that's ever going to happen. Okay. And that's where she was at. Okay. So she gets called on the carpet about laughing because, okay, you you ain't going to mess with the Lord. You're not going to, you're not going to pull it over on the Lord. Right. I mean, because the Lord knows when, where you're at inside. Now this is something to keep in mind. There's a lot of people say they're, they're, they're in faith when they're not in faith. Inside, they still struggle with it. Inside, they still kind of got that same kind of sarcastic laugh. <laughs> yeah, right, like that's going to happen, you know. But all right, I'll amuse everybody and say I'm in faith. Well, how I many know you're probably not going to get nothing, okay? And, you know, never, don't let anybody say, you know, that if they're wavering, if they're struggling, if they're in doubt or unbelief, the Word says don't think you're going to receive anything. So it's something you got to understand but that's where Sarah was at that moment, okay? But she gets called on the carpet, okay? And obviously, she deals with it, okay? But she gets called on the carpet, even though it embarrassed her, okay? And in, in a sense, then she turned and she lied about it, all right? But I love the fact that he says, no, but you did laugh. In other words, I'm, I'm calling you again, okay? I'm, I'm letting you know I know what happened. And you need to know, I know it happened. Okay. I love that. Okay. So now if you go a couple chapters, a lot of stuff happens in the next couple chapters, but, but now let's get, uh, into back with her again and chapter 21. All right. And it says verse one, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age. And at the set time of which God had spoken uh, to him. All right. So in other words, everything he said came to pass. And you need to understand that, right? God is never going to lie to you. God's not playing games with you. If something isn't coming to pass, there's a reason. And I guarantee you, it ain't because of God. All right. If God's already promised it to you. Okay. 
then there's other things that got to be shifted or adjusted or changed, okay? So uh, verse 3 of chapter 21 says, And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, uh, whom Sarah bore to him. They kind of really stress on that. And they called his name Isaac. Okay, well, Isaac means laughter. Okay, then Abraham uh, circumcised his son Isaac uh, when he was eight days old. Kind of that's the time of that. When how long they wait for that? And as God had commanded him. Now here we go. Now Abraham was one hundred years old. Okay, he was one hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him, which would make Sarah ninety. She was ten years younger than him. And Sarah said, "God has made me laugh." I love this. And all who hear will laugh with me. All right. She also said, who would have said to Abram that Sarah uh, would nurse children for I have borne him a son in his old age. All right. So now it's a whole different tune. Okay. Now let's, let's look at it because it, it even defines it different. So this word laugh here in verse six, okay, is defined as laughter of pleasure or to laugh outright in merriment, okay? means a, It really speaks of a laugh of faith, okay? Which was the opposite of the other one. It was more of a laugh of doubt, okay? Uh, criticism, right? Uh, unbelief, okay? Whereas this one is more of a laugh of merriment because of, of, of what God has done. Now, what, what changed that wasn't the fact that she had the son. You have to understand... She didn't have the, any, any, any children up to the point, uh, you know, just nine months earlier. Okay. Now, why is that? Because she had to make an adjustment. Okay. She had to make a change. See, that's why the Lord called her on the carpet about what was going on inside. No, you laugh. No, and, you, and, and you said, you know, who am I to have a child at this age? You, no, no, you did say that. Oh, no, 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 I didn't say that. No, yes, you did. Now, she's saying, no, I didn't, I didn't laugh out loud. I didn't say nothing out loud. No, inside, that's what was going on. And he says, yes, he said, he said, you did do that. And he called her on it. Now, I believe, okay, just like, and maybe I'm just taking some liberty here, but I'm just going to say it this way, okay? Um, it, things always change and adjust um, a little quicker when it's the Lord working on you. You know, there's a lot of times you might go up to somebody and say, you need to adjust that or change that. And they might go, yeah, yeah, well, you're right. And, and they might even attempt to make a change or two and then maybe even succeed a little bit. But I've found that when the spirit of God's the one working on you, you know, you, not only is he there leading, guiding, but there's an empowerment. There's the grace to do it, right? There's an empowerment. And just like when the Lord talks to me or talks to you, about making an adjustment, and, and then as a result of it, you go, you know, I see that, bang, you, you make adjustments. I think that same thing happened for Sarah, okay? Sarah heard what he was saying, okay? Back in chapter 18 there, you know, he says, no, you did do that. She realized and recognized, you know, I, I am on the inside. I, I'm warring with this. I'm struggling with this, all right? Now, see, it starts to give you understanding why it was really a 25-year uh, uh, thing from the very first time the Lord talked to him about these things to the point that the, the promised son was born was about a 25 year period in there. Okay. And there were some things that happened uh, that was good. Some things that happened that weren't so good. Uh, 
And there were things that they learned, things adjusted. Abraham obviously got a hold of it a little quicker than Sarah did. And as a result of it, we had some other problems. But the point is that once Sarah got a hold of it, we conceived seed. And all of a sudden, nine months later, we have us a, a promised son called Isaac named Laughter. Amen. I thought of all things, right? So now, if you will, let's go back to Hebrews 11 and let's read that verse again in the light of what we've just read here, okay? So Hebrews 11, please. Back to Hebrews 11. And verse 11. All right. I hope you're. I hope you're hearing this. I hope you got an ear to hear this. Okay, because um, there, there, there really is. Uh, there's so much that hangs on this. Okay, so um, sometimes it's the it's the it's the only thing holding us back from from getting our breakthrough, our miracle. Okay, it may not be the only thing, but. But but there are times it is the only thing. Is what you see? What I'm saying. I mean, there's a lot of other things that can get in the that could play into this. But there are times that this is the last thing we deal with because it is internal. All right, and you know nobody else around. You can you know you can talk Christianese. And I, ho- I hope you're hearing this. Listen, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just saying you know it's real easy to learn Christianese. You know we you don't you don't go to a church like ours even for that long without learning how to say Amen, brother. Praise the Lord. God's good. Glory to God. You know, hallelujah. You know, uh, you, you kind of learn this thing called Christianese. And especially if you hear a lot of messages about faith and the importance of, of faith. And because it's really, it's a, it's a message of accountability. Okay. And that's why some people don't appreciate the message. Now, some love it. And, and to me, I, 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 you know, I cut my teeth on that. I mean, that's that's what I, you know, that's where, you know, in the beginning for me, that's what that changed my life, okay? Um, and, you know, things like, you know, your words and, uh, you know, and that kind of thing. And just, you know, some people just, man, they don't, they don't want to really want to hear all that. But, but you should because sometimes it's those things like that, that that get in the way of you receiving from God. And one of those things is this work on the inside of not maybe in a sense policing yourself in certain things. In this case for Sarah, this, this, this laugh of sarcasm, okay, which later gets chained into a laugh of merriment and faith, okay? Um, and, and how did that happen? Well, it happened because God called her on the carpet about it. And she got honest with herself. That's the only, only explanation. She got honest with herself, and she was willing, now hear me, she was willing to make the adjustment, willing to change. And I'm probably going to title my message that, okay? But willing to change, all right? She was willing to take a look at where she was at, all right? And she made an adjustment, and and it wasn't long because, I mean, literally, okay, like nine months later, she's, she's bearing a child. Okay, so we go back to verse 11 here in chapter 11 of Hebrews, and it says that by faith, Sarah herself also received strength. Well, what's that mean? Well, earlier it said Abraham did, right? See, Abraham got a hold of it. He realized, wait a minute, God can, 
can uh, bring strength to my mortal body, cause my body to operate like it's supposed to and produce a seed. Well, she, you know, couldn't get a hold of it. She couldn't understand that. It didn't make sense to her. That's why in the beginning, she talked her husband into, you know, sleeping with another woman. If you, if you want a child so bad, go sleep with, with um, you know, my handmaiden, uh, you know, Hagar. Go do that. And, you know, and I think really deep down, she didn't even think it was going to work because I think she thought her husband was a little kooky. Okay, she thought there ain't no way he's an old guy, ain't not, you know, ain't nothing working for him, you know, so, you know, I'm just saying, you know, and so all of a sudden, bang, okay, the handmaiden gets pregnant, and then nine months later, bears a child, and it's like, okay, uh, this, this isn't the way it's supposed to be, well, no, it wasn't, okay, but what happened was, Abraham got a hold of it, and it brought strength to his body, caused his body to work right. So now it says in verse 11, Sarah also, right? Come on now. Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, okay? So she recognized, all right? She counted him, it says here, faithful. Okay, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but that's what happened. See, the Lord called her on the carpet and said, no, that's what's in you right now. It ain't right. And she Somewhere along the line there, you know, in a, in a, probably just in a, in, a, in a few moments even, recognized, because she didn't, the word says she didn't, she didn't say anything else. So after that, all we know, the next thing we know is she's having a child. Okay. So obviously she recognized it. Now, now I'm going to say this too. I, I'm, I'm taking some liberty here, but I'm, I'm going to do this. Okay. Um, you know, somebody said, well, no, the reason that happened is because the Lord said, no, uh, at the appropriate time, uh, that's when you're going to conceive seed. No, 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 no. Well, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 25 years earlier, he had already made these promises and, and, and through, through a deal. And, and even we know, even the whole deal about with, with Ishmael, okay, we even know there was a time frame in there, okay, the Lord even stopped talking to him, okay, because he went a different route, okay? And then talk to him again about this coming through you and your wife, Sarah. Okay. Now, the point I'm trying to make is, all right, it got working in Abraham, but it wasn't working in Sarah. So Sarah grabbed hold of it. And when she did, the word says that Sarah herself also received strength to conceive a seed, all right? And she bore a child when she was past the age. I love how they bring that out, right? Bore a child when she was, because that was the whole thing that hung her up. Can a, can a woman my age, really? I mean, <laughs> right. Come on. Who's this guy trying to kid? And she did all that inside, internally, within, all right? And the Lord heard it and then called her on it. And I think to me, that is such a powerful thing because I believe if you let the Lord do it, he'll call you on these kind of things. When you're in doubt and unbelief, listen, don't think you're going to receive anything if you're in doubt and you're in unbelief. You can go on all day trying to buffalo everybody else, all right? And maybe in a sense, buffaloing yourself into thinking you're in faith when you're not. But if you got that kind of thing happening on the inside, it's going to hold you back from receiving your promise, whatever promise it may be, okay? For her, it was just to have a son, to bear a son for her and her husband, okay? 
And so the word says that she bore a child when she was past the age. And here we go. Because now here we go. Because why, why, why this happened? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. See, she had to get a hold of it. Abraham already judged God faithful. All right. That what he had promised. Now, Sarah had to get it. All right. So what does that mean? Okay, well, let's define it. All right. Hope you're okay with that. So the word judged here. Okay. So she judged him. Talking about the Lord, right? Talk about God himself. She judged him faithful. Okay. Judge here means to consider, to count or take an account. Okay. Or account. Okay. It means to deem. Okay. To deem one, right? So in this case, to deem one faithful. Okay. Is what is, is in context. But the word deem means to appraise, evaluate, and resolve. To appraise evaluate, and resolve. To appraise, evaluate, and resolve. Okay, so what happened when the Lord said, no, you did do that? Called her on it a second time. When, when he did that, she made, a, she made a real quick appraisal of herself, is what she did. That's what it says here, okay? Because when she got it, okay, at that time then, her... Sarah herself also received strength to conceive a seed. Why? Because she stopped, appraised, okay, evaluated. Come on now. Appraised, evaluate. What's the other one? And resolved something. She made a decision. She realized and recognized she was the one holding it up. Boy, I'm telling you what. There are so many things, even in my own life over the years, I just made a simple little little bit of, little bit of, just a little, little tweak of an adjustment. And all of a sudden, everything just flows. And you're sitting back here a minute ago thinking, wow, I don't understand why this ain't never working. Why ain't this going? Why ain't this flowing? It's happening. And, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God finally gets through all that mess when you probably settle down enough to let him, let him talk or at least listen when he's talking. And he makes that little simple, little adjustment. And all of a sudden, whoosh, everything just starts flowing. Because you got to be willing to make an adjustment, willing to change. And it starts with you uh, deeming, uh, in this word deem here, which would mean appraise, evaluate, or resolve something. All right, that's what this word, uh, uh, she judged him, okay? That's what it means, okay? It doesn't mean she got critical of him. It meant that she stopped and actually gave heed to what he said, took it into account, and recognized, okay, who's she talking to here? How would I, how dare I, you know, how dare I question him and how dare I reject what he's trying to tell me? Okay. Now, now get this. I look, as I, as I dug a little deeper with this word judged, okay, this particular word judged, okay. It says this, it's an inner voice. Get this. It's an inner voice of strength to lead. An inner voice of strength to lead to command, or to have rule over. In other words, that same inward thing that was going on, right? Remember, she, she was laughed within. She laughed a, a laugh of criticism and made a statement all within. But that, that voice, see, all of a sudden that inner voice rose up over that and said, wait a minute, okay, and took charge Okay, and, and really in a sense, okay, this is where I'm telling, oh, like I said, there's so much that hangs on this. 
okay? That, that, that person on the inside, the real you, that spirit man on the inside has got to rise up and say, I refuse to be in doubt and unbelief. I refuse to believe that lie. I refuse to, uh, to somehow uh, submit myself uh, to the, the authority of the enemy. Instead of rising up and saying, enough's enough, and settle it. Most people never settle it. Man, years ago, we settled it. House of God is where we go. I, I can't ever, ever uh, think about being anywhere else but the house of God. I don't care where we go, man. I don't care if we'll go on vacations. If there's a place and, and we, got a, a, we can go and there's a house of God somewhere, we'll, we'll go do it. We don't care. We go. Okay, that's what we do because we've settled it. We, you know, 30 years back made a decision. We tithe. We honor God with our substance. Amen. I settled it. Trudy settled it. Amen. My family settled it. Praise God. We don't waver on that stuff. But it had to take an inner voice that arise up above all the other voices. Okay? Had to take, a, in a sense, a, a laugh of faith rising up over a laugh of criticism or doubt or unbelief. Okay? And that's what happened with Sarah. Okay, something changed. She recognized, she judged him faithful, trustworthy. That word also means uh, trustful, sure, uh, true hearted, reliable, dependable. You know, these are all words that, that are synonyms to this word faithful. Okay, so she recognized that that's the Lord. The same one that promised that to my husband is now calling me on the carpet about where I'm at. And she recognized, well, I mean, if God could do something with that 100-year-old man, he could do something with this 90-year-old woman. And sure enough, we're just talking, you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe that night she conceived seed. I mean, I'm just telling you, you know, whatever, right? But the point is this, it happened nine months later. Okay, we know it was, it was less than a year, okay? So because he's still, uh, it said, you know, the chapter earlier, he was 100, she was 90, and she was still 90 when the child was born, he was still a hundred. Okay. So whatever. So all I'm telling you is she must've got a hold of it right away. Nine months later, we got a bouncing baby boy. Come on, somebody named Isaac, who is named laughter. Okay. For some reason, right? Come on now. I mean, you got to just start putting her together here. Right? So this is what happened for Sarah. Sarah was willing to make the adjustment and the change, but something on the inside had to rise above the other voices, the criticism, the negativity, whatever it is. And I think about for you and me, sometimes that's all it is. Sometimes it's a matter of that inner voice rising up and judging God faithful. See, it says faithful, him who, what promise it says, right? How's it worded? Who had promised the word promise means an expressed assurance on which expectation is to be based. An expressed assurance, in other words, something he expressed. You got all kinds of promises. In fact, 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20 brings out you know, all the promises of God. In him are yes and in him, amen. In other words, everything that he expressed. So in other words, again, the word promise, that which is expressed, right? An expression or expressed assurance on which our expectation or our anticipation or our hope, all right, uh, is to be based. In other words, you base your expectation on what he says. And that's what Abraham did, and that's what Sarah got a hold of. But now, I said all this 
again, to go back to this thing, uh, because today I'm dealing with the willingness to make the adjustments, the willingness to change. Okay. You know, we've all heard uh, uh, the definition of insanity, right? That is, uh, uh, you know, thinking you're going to get the same result, you know, probably getting changed results without changing anything. Okay, that's insanity. Okay, if you want different results, you're going to have to do something different. You're going to have to make some adjustments. You're going to have to change. All right. And I think I kind of butchered that definition up a little bit, but I think you get the point, uh, you know, because if you think you're going to keep doing the same thing and somehow all of a sudden it's just going to start working for you. OK, see, Sarah could have just, you know, walked away from there saying, how dare he do that? I didn't say nothing. I didn't laugh. I didn't do anything. And, and Abraham would have just been standing there like this, you know, and they would have went another year, another year, another year, another year. But what happened when when the Lord called her on it? And, and then she, she looked inward. She did. She stopped, made an assessment, an evaluation, and she re- made a resolve. Amen. She deemed God faithful. She judged him faithful. She made an account. She took what he had to say, even in a, in a word of rebuke. Some of the greatest miracles and breakthroughs I've ever had came out of a rebuke. Called me on the carpet about my attitude. Called me on the carpet about insecurity or fear or something. And all of a sudden, wait a minute, you're right. And you deal with it, you change it, you take authority over it. Bang, it starts flowing. Hallelujah. Starts working like it's supposed to. Some of the greatest breakthroughs in my life came out of a word of rebuke from the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. And the word says he does it because he loves you. Hallelujah. Well, he must love me a lot. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And I believe he loves you too, right? Amen. So there could be some things God's talking to you about. Amen. And the one thing is we're talking about day about change. Everything uh, that, that's good that comes out of the things of God, uh, the, the word of God, the promises of God, you'll find that there's somewhere along there, there's, there's change that has to happen. There's adjustments. And I say this, I've said this, I guarantee it probably a hundred times, if, if not more. Okay. I don't even think that's, I don't even think that's an exaggeration at all. Okay. That God will always accept you the way you are and, and praise God for that. Right. He accepts everybody the way they are. Right. As they are, he accepts them. But the word is very clear. He will never leave you the way you are. And he is, he is always calling you to higher ground. He's always calling you up. He's always calling you through this. He's always calling you to press forward. He's always calling you uh, to, to step up your game, amen, to be a, a bigger uh, receiver or a greater recipient of what God has for you, praise God, so you don't miss out on things. Wow, I really got preachy, didn't I? So I thought what I'd do here for the tail end of this um, uh, I want to just bring some verses to your attention and then show you, praise God, um, really why we want to have a willingness to change. Okay. And what, 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 what comes out of that? Okay. I thought I'd just do it that way. All right. So with that said, I'm gonna go to second Corinthians and I'm going to probably fly through a bunch of verses, uh, real fast here toward the end here. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 
And there's no way I'm going to be able to take the time to, excuse me, to preach all the, you know, this whole text by any means. Probably all of these. I'm just going to have to kind of give you a verse and move on. Take the, I just believe that you're going to take the time, go back and you meditate on it and read through it. Verse 18 of chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3.18, says this, But we all with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, and are being transformed into that same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, of course, in context, he's talking about the Word being the mirror, amen, and the more that you look into this mirror, right, come on now, you begin to be transformed or metamorphosized into, that's what that word actually is, the Greek is metamorphio, which we get our word metamorphosis, okay, or change. Okay, all right. So we're metamorphosized or changed, amen, into that image. And he says, from glory unto glory. What's that mean? It speaks of progression. The reason you go from one degree of glory, in fact, I think it might be the Amplified brings it out kind of that way. You go from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory. And the only way that you can go from glory unto glory is by change. There's got to be change. You got to be willing to make some change. Sarah, I think that was so cool that she's mentioned in Hebrews 11. I mean, isn't that awesome to be one of them mentioned in Hebrews 11 as a a child of, uh, you know, a patriarch of faith, a child of God who walked by faith, received something based on faith. Amen. And what did she do by faith? She was willing to make a change, willing to make an adjustment, change something on the inside in order for the promise that God had been saying and promising and declaring to her to actually come to pass. And what a, what a difference that made. Changed the, really, it changed the world. All right? So I'm just, I'm just saying that if you want to go from glory to glory, you've got to be willing to change. Let's look at something else here. We'll go to Romans. Just Romans 1. Maybe keep your finger there in 2 Corinthians. We'll come back to that. But Romans 1. Verse 17, again, I'm just, I'm just kind of reading, you know, some verses uh, quickly and, and move on. Verse 17 of chapter 1 of Romans. For in, in it, talking about the, the message, the gospel here, right? Okay. That in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. Here we go. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. That's how we live. But it says you literally go from faith to faith. In other words, there's growth and developments kind of bringing out, or there's adjustments. You're rising in faith, in a, in, a, in reliance, and your dependence upon God, your assurance, your confidence in God. How does that? How does that rise? Amen. By you continually, you got your face in this. You're meditating on this, and it says here, it says that in it the righteousness of God is revealed. In other words, you're beginning to find out who you are, because the word righteousness refers to rightness or in right standing with. So the more you find out. Uh, you know, who you are in him, the more you find out who he is, and the more that happens, the more you go from faith to faith. Amen. And again, how does that happen? Change. It happens by change. You grow, right? You develop. You, you mature. Amen. You make adjustments. You grow in faith in the sense of you learn. Where it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, it says. Well, how's that? So it means you got to you got to have your, your face in this gospel message, right? This word, the B-I-B-L-E, you got to have your, your, face in, your face in the book so you can go from faith to faith, right? Because faith comes, you know, by hearing it and, and reading it and meditating on it. Amen. I hope you're hearing this. All right, so change again. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians, this time chapter 5. 
And we're going to go verse 17, all right? So 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, here we go, he's a new creation. Here we go, old things, what? Come on now, old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Well, how, you know, what do you, what's that? Change. It's all change. Okay, you became a new creation when you met Jesus. Okay, that was an instantaneous bang. You were welcome to the family. You came into the kingdom. You're now a part of the kingdom of light, part of the family of God. But it says here then, okay, that old things now, okay, passing away, behold, all things have become, are becoming new. Amen. It's a process there, that part. All right. So you got to let go of that mess because you know as well as I do that when you got born again, okay, even though your past was behind you, it took you a little while to figure that out. And some of you are still trying to figure it out. Okay. And so, uh, but in all honesty, as far as who you are, uh, you know, uh, as the, the person, the real you, a new creation, that's an instantaneous thing. But then there's this process, right, that happens where you begin to recognize okay, my past really is my past. I'm not my history anymore. I'm not my mistake. I'm not my, uh, you know, the, the thing that I've, you know, messed up on. I, that's not me. That's not my identity anymore. So the old passes away. Behold, all things become new. So it's a process, okay? The point is, it takes change to come into that, to recognize that, all right? How about another one here? Let's go to Ephesians, all right? Well, I hope you're hearing this. Ephesians chapter 5. And I'd love to actually read this whole text, but just for sake of time, we're just going to, you know, because it just talks about the importance of, you know, of the body of Christ and, and why you need to be taught and trained and, and, you know, and basically grow up, you know. And, but it just says this, verse 16, we're just wrapping up the text here a little bit. It says this, from whom the whole body joined in, I mean, chapter 4, 16 in Ephesians, sorry. Anyway, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to effective working by which every part does its share. Here we go. Causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in, in, in love here. For the edifying, in other words, it's, it's this building up. This, that word edifying is the word edifice. We get our word edifice, which means building up, to charge up or to build, like you're building a block building. One layer upon another layer upon another layer upon another layer, okay, building oneself up in love. In other words, the whole thing is there's a lot being said in that whole text. And like I said, I know I'm not doing it total justice, but I'm just trying to bring out that there's only one way uh, to, to grow, amen, to develop in these things. There's only one way, and I'm telling you, here's how it works, by changing. You got to be willing to change. You got to be willing to let some things uh, you know, let go of some things, add some things, uh, receive some things. Okay, stop doing that. Do more of that. You see what I'm saying? Check, check yourself out. Check your attitude. Amen. That's why he talks about this whole thing. You're working together. You're, every part's doing its part. And you think about that. Now, that's a whole, I mean, a lot being said in that text. I mean, we're talking about, think about this. Okay, you're called to be a part of the body of Christ. And there's a lot of people don't want to, okay? Now, I know, I know why, a lot of it. A lot of it's because, well, I, 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 I'm around people and I want to be around people. Well, tough. That's how it works, okay? You get around people. Well, people ain't always easy to work with. Yeah, you're right. And sometimes you ain't either, all right? And there might be some you think, well, you know, I, I, you know, I, have, I have issues. So if I have issues and I get around them, we're going to have more issues. And he, well, 
That's what, how it all works. That's why it says it's the building up, of, building up or the edifying of itself in love. It's because the whole point is, is we grow together. We, we, we rub elbows. We, we sharp, iron sharpens iron. I mean, all these kind of verses start popping in, you know, and come in. Somebody says, well, I don't need the body of Christ to, to grow up. Well, yes, you do. Okay. Because uh, you, you can't, you know, if I was to ever sever my hand, take this hand, sever it, and throw it over there, and I can say, well, that is a body part. Yeah, it doesn't change the fact that that is a body part. But the problem is it's not a part of the body. And we're called to be a part of the body, not a body part laying off somewhere by itself. Okay? Now, it's just, that could be a whole other sermon right there. But the point is this, okay? You get around others and all kinds of stuff. How many know there's a lot of changing going on, right? That's how it works. We all grow up. We all change. You know, we all start learn how to work with each other. Everybody bringing their supply, doing their part. It takes a lot of change to make, to make a body function right and do right. Praise God. It just takes change, all right? Let's get past that one. Some of you thinking, praise the Lord, huh? How about Philippians, next book over. Chapter three, again, another wonderful text here, but uh, we're going to just going to jump into like verse um, 13. And uh, yeah, I think that's what we'll do. It says, verse 13 says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Praise God. So we. Uh, if we're ever going to reach forward, then we've got to be willing to let go of some things. Now, we kind of already touched on that, but again, it's saying, it's saying kind of diff- just a little bit different light here. If you're going to reach forward, you're going to have to be willing to kind of let go of a few things behind you, put it behind you, all right? So in other words, how's that going to happen? The only way you're going to reach forward is you've got to be willing to change. That's just the way it is. I mean, uh, you know, that's how it works, all right? You've got to be willing to change, all right? Let's... Uh, Let's go back to Ephesians chapter five this time. I kind of, my notes kind of went all over the place here, but I just kind of feel like while I was in Ephesians, I should have looked at another one here. Ephesians five and verse eight, please. And it says this, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, children of light. Okay, you know, you think, well, what's that do? Well, to me, you can't even really walk in the light right without some change. That's what he's talking about. You were once darkness. Okay, you had to make an adjustment. And you can take that as, as a whole, or you could take that in every area of your life. There's some areas of your life that you might be shining bright, and some areas of your life, eh, maybe not so bright. See what I'm saying? But you have to make change and adjustments. And you come out of the dark, come out of obscurity, all right? Come out of the dark, come out of the shadows in that area. And you become more of a light. And now you're walking as children of light. So to me, same type thing. Okay, in the very beginning, when you come into the kingdom, you're called to that. You're a part of that. That's your true identity. But it takes you a while to figure that out. So what happens is, little by little, certain areas of your life, you're coming out of the dark into the light. How does that happen? By change. you got to be willing to change. Okay, now with that said, let's go to Matthew chapter 10 this time. Matthew 10. I hope you're doing okay. Matthew 10, uh, 
Boy, I like this. Uh, verse 39 just says, he who finds his life, this is Matthew 10, 39, he who finds his life will lose it, okay? And he who loses his life for my sake will find it, okay? Now, the Amplified says that if you're going to find the higher life, you're going to have to be willing to let go of the lower life, saying kind of the same thing we've been talking about. Um, so how does that happen? By change. If you're going to keep reaching for the higher life, then you're going to have to be willing to let go of the lower life. Okay? I'm not saying that in some kind of a condemning way when I'm talking about higher or lower life. He just brings out that the life that you're called to in him is called a higher way of living. And so in order to reach for the higher way of living, you've got to be willing to let go of some of the lower way of living that we've done in the past. And, and so that's adjustments. Again, that's changing. That's, that's growing up. That's, you know, all that. And what is it? You've got to be willing to change if you're going to do those kind of things. All right? And that's another, again, another powerful text here. Let's do to Romans 12. And that's a good one. We've only got a couple left here. We'll go to Romans 12. I hope you're hearing this, getting hold of this. Now, to me, this is what Sarah did, okay? She just made adjustments. And as a result of it, she became a candidate for the promise of God to manifest. All right, Romans 12, uh, verse 2, kind of a common text again. And do not be conformed or adapted to this world, but be transformed. There's that word again, metamorphio, which we, metamorphosis, right? Change, right? Okay, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, come on, that you may prove or discern what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, all right? So if you're ever going to come into that, where you're going to discern things right, where you're going to change and adjust and grow or transform. Now, you notice it says here, don't be conformed or adapted. Now, with that, that's, that's all change. Some people hang out in the world and it ain't long and they start acting like the world. They start talking like the world, start thinking like the world. Why? Because they're changing. But that's on the negative side or on the, the other side of the coin here. Whereas we're talking about now, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, you've got to start thinking different. All right? You've got to start thinking different. So you've got to start thinking like he thinks. Now, the only way you're going to do that, because in context, he's referring to renewing your mind to the word of God. You've got to get his way of thought. It's his way of thinking, his thoughts, the higher thoughts going into you to change your thoughts. Why? Because that's what begins into change or this process of transformation or change or metamorphosis that begins to happen in your life. Okay? So that's why we, we do this. That's why we renew our mind. Why? So we can grow and change and develop. So we, we, present our, we, we position ourselves to receive more and to be more and to do more. Come on now. That's how this works. All right. I'll give you one more. Let's go to John, Gospel of John. Boy, we're kind of all over the place here a little bit. But John 15 this time. John 15. And of course, in context, talking about, you know, the vine and the branches and everything. But verse two, he said this, every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, come on, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Well, the only way you can bear more fruit is change. That's what he's talking about. Okay? Some things are eliminated. Some things are pruned. Okay? But all of it spells change. They change. Okay? So, again, what was that definition of insanity? What was it, you know, 
wanting different results without change or without adjustments, that's insanity. Okay? You can't, don't think you're going to get different results if you're never going to change anything. So here's talking about if you want more fruit, you want to bear more fruit in your life, you have to make some, you have to make some changes. All right? Nothing wrong with that. And, you know, the Lord will walk you through this, show you these things. It's never, you know, again, like we always say, just seemed like about every week. You know, we're not asking you to do any of this in your own strength. But you, you do have to take initiative and have to, and have to make, you know, be willing to, to do this. Okay? And again, I know this is a message of accountability. Okay? But to me, um, you know, you think about Sarah's life. I'll just, I'll just use Sarah as the example. Okay, she's going on for years. Okay, she's, you know, at this time, 90 years old, hasn't bore a child yet. And, you know, you can imagine, you know, she's, she's wanting a child. It ain't like she's thinking, no, nah, I don't want kids, you know. And No, she, she's always wanted a child. Okay, and then she's, you know, you know, whatever it was, you know, 25 years earlier, this, you know, crazy man of a husband comes up and says, I've, I had a, you know, a word from God, uh, and God's telling me this, and God's going to build a nation through me and, and do glorious things. And she's like, yeah, buddy, you've been out in the sun too long, you know. And little by little, all of a sudden, things are manifesting for Abraham. And then he comes again and says this, and then he has, you know, they, you know everything from the blood covenant and everything, it all manifests. Every, I mean, it's amazing all the stuff that happened. And, and you know, it happened just like God told Abraham it was going to happen. And even with a few setbacks and a few things that he did, okay, we're talking about at that 25-year period, Sarah, you know, when she gets called on the carpet by God at 90 years old about what's going on on the inside of her, okay, that she wasn't, she didn't want to be honest about it, but he called her on it. And as a result of it, amen, come on, she deemed God faithful. She judged God faithful and she recognized, you know what? I need to evaluate this, relook at this and change. And it did, it changed. And all of a sudden now, instead of a, a laughter of sarcasm, it's a laughter of faith. And all of a sudden we have a baby boy nine months later. So my point is trying to make this, and I know I've, I've, I've kind of hammered on it, but I mean, I'd rather, have, I'd rather have the promises manifesting. And if something isn't manifesting, I need to stop, assess, evaluate, amen, resolve some things, make some adjustments, be willing at least to make some adjustments. I mean, I understand sometimes the spirit of God, you know, says to just, you know, stand, stand firm at something. Okay. That's one thing. Okay. But I have found most of the time people just get a mindset and they just roll with that. And they just think for some odd reason, God's going to override their doubt and unbelief. Okay. Going to override their words, going to override their attitudes, going to override, you know, their, uh, you know, uh, you know, whatever it is they're, they're moving towards and thinking that God's just going to grab the steering wheel out of their hand and say, no, you're going this way instead. It doesn't happen that way. So I have found that the majority of the time, it, it has to take a people willing to make an adjustment or a change in order for things to start working and clicking in their life. And that's why I said earlier, and I'm saying it again to wrap it up, is that to me, there's so much that hangs on this, okay? So if you're there and you're listening and you got a heart to hear and I mean an ear to hear and a heart to receive, all I'm asking is, man, the next time you go into prayer, be open for God to talk to you about things. Don't just, you know, do your little quick speed thing and, you know, now I lay me down to sleep thing or, you know, bless my food, Lord, and rub-a-dub-dub, -dub, thanks for the grub thing and move on. 
I'm talking about, you know, man, take some time. Let the Spirit of God breathe something into you, talk to you about some things. And maybe it's just a, a minute adjustment that can cause things to flow again like it's supposed to. And you'd be, it'd be worth it, all right, just to see the promises manifest in your life. Hope you're hearing this. Praise God. Father, we give praise and glory once again. So thankful for your word, for these principles today. Father, I thank you for an ear to hear and a heart to receive. I thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding. Hallelujah. We want to, Lord, we want to be empowered. We want to we see things work like they're supposed to. We want to see the promises manifest like they're supposed to. Father, forgive us for the times. Maybe we were a little bit bullheaded or pigheaded or whatever headed it is. I don't know. But anyway, the point is, uh, forgive us for the times for just being too thick upstairs to, to not get it. But Lord, we repent. Forgive us. And as a result of it, I know you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We receive it. We thank you for it. Take us higher. Take us deeper. Make us the men and women of God we're called to be. And for that, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.